Wow. God, let us be a generation that seeks your face. I want to welcome you today to Hope. It's so awesome to have you here worshiping with us. We're in a series right now, if you're just joining us, it's called Acts 2 Church. What is an Acts 2 Church? We're looking at the very first Christian communities um, right here in the book of Acts. We're looking at those early followers of Jesus and what they did when they gathered together. And today we're going to talk about what it means to be a church that prays. And I don't know what your experiences are with prayer or praying with other Christians or corporate prayer or church prayer. I remember many years ago we were a part of something uh, at another church. It was called Second Monday. And on the second Monday of every month, we would, our church would fast for the day. And then at six o'clock, right during dinner time, we would show up at church and we would all huddle up in small circles and we would pray for an hour. And um, I don't know if you've ever attempted something like that, uh, but, but we did this faithfully. We would, we would grind through these hours of prayer month by after month, month after month. And, and I remember early on, that was like the longest hour of my month. I, I, to, to sit in a circle and to pray with no food in my stomach at dinner time required spiritual muscles that I didn't quite have. And I just remember sitting there praying and thinking, man, as soon as this is over, I'm getting Chick-fil-A. <laughs> And one time we were, we were, it was quiet, you know, we're all in our circles, we're praying and haven't had any food, you know, we're fasting and praying, it's dinner time. And, and right in the middle of prayer, you hear this, like my stomach's growling, you know, and people around me can hear it. It's just so awkward. And I've, I've been through that, I've experienced that, I've grown through that. And you know what it's like. It's like 10 minutes before church is going to end. You're thinking about lunch. And the pastor is giving the longest prayer in the history of the world. Or maybe you're at small group. You're at your Bible study. And it comes time to pray. And it's that awkward, awkward silence. I don't know what your experiences are praying with other people. You know, and maybe it is, maybe you would say it's been you know, awkward, or, or maybe it's quiet, or, or uncomfortable, or boredom. But today what I'm asking is, what if it could be faith and passion and impact? See, I love what Charles, or John Wesley, excuse me, used to say. He used to say, prayer is where the action is. Prayer, you're all looking at me funny here. Prayer is where the action is. And many of us would say, no, no, no. Entertainment is where the action is. Wealth is where the action is. Super Bowl and hot wings, that's where the action is. But prayer, come on. Today, I want to talk to you about what it means to be a church that prays. And I want to inspire you to believe. Actually, when we gather, when we pray, seek the face of God, that that, my friends, is where the action is. Prayer is where the action is. I can see I got some work to do this morning. 
So we're in a series on the Acts 2 church. And uh, like I said, in Acts chapter 2, and if you have your Bible or Bible app, you can go ahead and open to Acts 2. You may have this memorized by now. In Acts chapter 2, we get God's original recipe for the church. And we've been asking, what could our church be like if we went back to the original recipe? And we saw that to be an Acts 2 church means to be devoted, to have a devotion, a commitment, to be all in for God's word, apostles' teaching, for one another, fellowship. Steve did a great job last week breaking of bread. Today we're going to talk about prayer and what it means to be a praying church. We see an Acts 2 church as a church that prays. And so here it is in Acts 2. We get a description of those earliest communities. And Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. And if you read the story, thousands and thousands of people are, are giving their lives to Jesus Christ. There's this move of God that is absolutely going to change the world. And you go, how did that start? Where did that come from? And, uh, and, and today we're going to see two things. It's the Holy Spirit and it's a church that prays. So check it out, Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were gathered, to, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Wow, could you imagine being a part of that? That's incredible. So what's an Acts 2 church? A lot of different things, but today we're going to see an Acts 2 church as a church that prays. It's a church experiencing a move of God. The Lord is adding to their number daily those who are being saved. And it's a church at prayer. It's a church experiencing a move of God. Why? Because every single move of God begins with prayer. And it's my dream and it's my prayer here in 2019 that not only would we be a church that prays, that we would experience a movement of prayer that begins to impact and even create kingdom momentum right here in the lives of people around us where we live, work, and play. That's my vision. That's my hope, my passion. That's what we're going to see today. Every move of God begins with prayer. So before we dive in, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for each person that's here. I don't believe it's any accident. And God, we just want to pray that you would guide us and direct us. First of all, Lord, before we pray for a move of God in this world, we are asking for a move of God in our hearts. And we're asking for spiritual breakthrough. That you would tear down the walls of doubt or unbelief. And you would give us faith to believe that you're a God who moves mountains and who hears our prayers. Speak to us today. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're looking at Acts 2 Church. What's in Acts 2 Church? An Acts 2 church is a praying church, and the Acts 2 church was a praying church. What is prayer? 
Prayer at its core is relationship. Prayer is relationship with God. It's conversation with God. It's where the real you meets the real God. It's not a, it's not a token. It is not ritual or routine. Prayer is where the real you meets the real God. And you don't have to be afraid to talk to God. Everything that Jesus said about prayer in the Gospels can be summarized in one word. And it's the word ask. 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 And you don't have to worry about the words you say. You don't have to worry, is, am I saying this right? Is this the right way to do it? No, you don't have to worry about any of those things. Because you remember what Jesus said? He said, God knows what you need even before you ask. So just ask. So everything I'm going to say today comes down to this idea that prayer is where the real you meets the real God in real conversation. Our faith is not in our prayers. Our faith is in the God that we're praying to. He's a God that moves mountains. He's a God that invites us to pray. He says, whatever you ask, believe it and you'll receive it. Big promises, right? Our faith isn't in our prayer. Our faith is in the God that we're praying to. And so what we see in Acts chapter 2 is we see a church praying. We see a church talking to God, talking to their heavenly father. And we're going to take a second and we're going to fly through a lot of scriptures. Uh, we're going to go through the book of Acts. And what I want to show you is that the Acts 2 church was a praying church. And the next few minutes are, are either going to be really fun for you or they're going to be really miserable, depending on whether you get involved with me. So uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through some verses in the book of Acts. And whenever you see the word pray or prayer, I want you to shout it out. Can you do that? All right, good. This is going to be fun. Or miserable, depending on if you involve yourself with me. And what I want to do is I want to, I want to prove to you today that the Acts 2 church was a praying church. All right, here we go. Acts chapter 1. We're starting verse 14. Jesus is risen from the dead. Don't, don't try to follow along with me. We'll put them up on the screens. So we're going to fly through this. But when you see the word prayer, yell it out. Jesus is risen from the dead. He's sending them out with power to be his witnesses. But before they go and as they go, what are they doing? Acts 1.14. When you see prayer, yell it out. Acts 1.14. They all joined together constantly in prayer. Yes, that was great. <laughs> Acts 1.24. Then they prayed. Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Yes, you guys are Doing great. All right, Acts 3, 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. Yeah. Acts 4, 24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. Acts 4, 31. After they prayed. I had to keep going because it says the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. That is a cool verse. Okay, keep going. Acts 6.4. We will give our attention to? Prayer. And the ministry of the word. 
Acts 6, 6. They presented these men to the apostles who? Acts 7, 59. While they were stoning him, Stephen. Acts 8, 15. When they arrived, they? (laughs) Acts 8, 20. Acts 8, 22. Repent of this wickedness and? Acts 8, 24. Then Simon answered? Acts 9, 11. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is? Acts 9, 40. Peter sent them all out of the room, and he got down on his knees. And? Acts 10, 2. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and? To God regularly. All right, we could keep going. But I think we get the idea, right? Ashtu Church was a praying church. And in 28 chapters of the book of Acts, the word prayer, pray, prayed occurs 29 times in 28 chapters. So we literally could keep going all the way through the book of Acts. And all I want to show you today is that the Ashtu Church is a praying church. It was a church that was born in prayer and empowered by prayer and sustained by prayer. And you cannot explain the growth of the word of God and of the church apart from prayer. And Acts 2 church is a praying church. And it's not just the early church. It's every move of God. Every move of God begins with prayer. You look at the early church. You look at the the revivals and the awakenings and the moves of God in the history of the world. And in every single one of them, there is a common thread. And it is the thread of prayer. J. Edwin Orr, who is a historian of revivals and moves of God around the world. Did you know that job existed? Historian of revivals and moves of God around the world. He has written, No great... Spiritual awakening has begun anywhere in the world apart from united prayer. E.M. Bounds, who was a minister in the Civil War era, he was also known for his works on prayer, saw this and also wrote, All true revivals have been born in prayer. Every move of God begins with prayer. We've seen it even here in our own nation. Um, as you look at, at the early days and the founding of our country, it was from a a prayer meeting um, and from the prayer meetings of a Jonathan Edwards where the very first great awakening began, which was one of the the greatest revivals and greatest awakenings in the history of our nation. Or you think more recently of, of a Billy Graham and the millions of people who've come to Christ through his ministry and people would ask Billy Graham, you know, Tell us what we need to know. How do you, what do you have to do to, to create this kind of evangelistic outreach? And Billy Graham would always say three things. He would say, prayer, prayer, and prayer. I love it. You see this too in the work of Charles Spurgeon, um, who also credited the success of his preaching to the prayers of the people. Um, Charles Spurgeon was the great, famous preacher in in England and thousands and thousands of people would come to Christ through Spurgeon's preaching and he had a church that would draw 
10,000 people on a Sunday. And of course, whenever you have that type of, of move of God or, you know, just the, the powerful preacher and the, the big church and, and people would come, pastors would come. Because they thought, oh, if I could just come here, Spurgeon preach, then maybe I can preach like Spurgeon preached. And if I could preach like Spurgeon preached, then maybe I could reach people like Spurgeon reached. So all these pastors would come to check out Spurgeon and check out his church. And, and he'd always welcome them and, and thank them for being there. And then, then he'd say, all right, um, thank you for being here. Would, would you like to come down into the basement to check out our church's boiler room? And, you know, the, the pastors would be like, boiler room? You know, we were kind of here to, to check you out. And he's like, no, 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 come downstairs, check out our church's boiler room. And they're like, all right, you're Spurgeon. So, okay, here we go. And so uh, Spurgeon would take them down the stairs into the basement. And he would quietly open a door and he'd say, this is our boiler room. And to the shock of the pastors, they would see seven or eight hundred people crying out to God in prayer, asking urgently for God's blessing that was about you know, on the service that was about to happen in the auditorium just above. And Spurgeon would say, gentlemen, this is the room that heats our house. Because when the prayer goes up, the fire goes up. When the prayer goes up, the heat goes up, the impact goes up. And Spurgeon would credit the success of his preaching to the prayers of those down in the boiler room of the church. See, every move of God begins with prayer. You know, we know it. We know it to be true in our, in our core. We know that God moves as people pray. We look at Acts in the book of Acts, and you see in Acts chapter 2, you know, just before the Acts 2 church, um, Acts 2, I realize, you know, we see in Acts 2 that God is adding to their number daily those who are being saved. But just before that, in Acts 2, Peter preaches a sermon. And it says, you know, he says, save yourselves. And, and those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Ah, could you imagine? 3,000 people come to Christ in a single day. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were saved. That's in Acts 2 church. But what are they doing in Acts chapter 1? They're in an upper room. And they're waiting and they're praying. And you don't get an Acts 2 move of God without an Acts 1 praying church. And in between is the power of the Holy Spirit that comes and gives them boldness. People were shaken and they... They went out and they preached the word of God boldly. Every move of God begins with prayer. And so I'm, I'm just asking today, you know, if, what, if we, what if we prayed? What, if we, what could God do in our house if we really urgently began to pray? What, what would God do in our lives if we would pray, urgently pray? And if I could just share a bit of my story. Um, I, I remember a very defining moment for me as, as a young youth pastor back in the day, we'd take our teenagers to these conferences. And we had a group of students, and, and we, were, we were part of this conference. And we were all waiting in kind of the halls around the, the auditorium. And I remember looking around, and, and I saw all these groups of youth groups and teenagers. And, 
And so many of these groups of students were, were just playing together. They were having fun and talking. And of course, our students, we were playing together. We were having fun. And then I noticed a group of students off to the side. They weren't playing together. They were praying together. And it hit me. What kind of youth group do we want to be? What kind of, what kind of group do we want to be? Do we just want to be a group that plays together? Or do we want to be a group that prays together? And I remember at that conference, we, we as a group, teenagers, young people, we gave ourselves to intercession. And we committed to meet weekly in a corporate prayer meeting to begin to pray for a move of God in our church, in our homes, generations. And some of those students would go on. They'd start prayer meetings on their public school campuses. For the next 10 years, we, we gave ourselves to prayer. We had, you know, prayer before, um, before youth group. Kids would show up on Friday night. They'd pray together. Or, um, you know, one, one year, a bunch of the students were like, we want to take over that room in the church. We want that room as our prayer room. You can't say no to that. You're like, all right, you know, make it your prayer room. And they used chalkboard paint, and they put three, you know, sections on the wall with their chalkboard paint. One was prayers, another was praises, and another wall were the names of friends and family members they were praying would come to know Jesus Christ. And it was from that prayer meeting, I, I, in that prayer room, that I, I can't even begin to explain. The lives that were transformed, the students that were impacted, the, the breakthroughs that we saw in people's lives. But I think the biggest the biggest thing that God did through that is what he did in my own heart, personally, as I began to spend time in the place of prayer. And what I'm, what I'm inviting us today to be a part of is to be a part of a church that prays. To say, we will be a church that prays. And I'm asking today, what kind of church do we want to be? Do we want to play church? Or do we want to be a praying church? Because I, I don't want to play church. I can't do that. I, I want to be a church that prays, that sees. I, I'm praying already for a move of God in this church and in this community. I'm praying and I'm interceding for spiritual breakthroughs in your lives. I'm interceding for spiritual breakthroughs in your marriages. I'm just asking that God would do a work here in our lives and we would all be in awe at what God does. So it's my prayer, it's my dream here in 2019 that we would be a church that prays and that it would get down deep into our hearts, deep into our bones. This would not just be an elder thing or a pastor thing or an on-the-side thing, but that you, you would say, I want to be a person of prayer. I want to give myself to be a part of a church that prays. How do we do that? Well, just a few quick opportunities, um, very practically. Number one, we have a Sunday morning prayer huddle, 9.35 in the morning. Here on Sunday mornings, it's our little furnace, our little boiler room. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a standing prayer huddle for those who serve. But I just want to open it up. If you want to be here and pray for our church on Sunday morning, come join us in prayer. I could get in a lot of trouble for that. We could bust through that room, but you know what? If we run out of space, 
we got a whole basement, <laughs> right? If you want to pray, if you're feeling the stirring today to pray for our church and pray for our Sunday mornings, come pray on Sunday mornings with us, 9.35. Uh, we have a night of prayer. We'll continue to do these throughout the year. Um, a night of prayer and worship this Friday night. We're going to pray for our church. We're going to pray for God's kingdom to advance here in, in these neighborhoods and around the globe. We're going to pray for, for breakthrough in our lives personally. So if you need prayer and you want to be a part of a praying church, come on Friday night. Maybe it's just your small group or your ministry team. And when it comes time to pray, you're going to say, you know what? I'm not going to be silent anymore. When it's time to pray, I'm going to be there. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, my voice is going to intercede for God to work in people's lives. Church, what if we prayed? What would God do here? What would he do in our lives? I want to encourage you with a, with a story here as we wrap up. I want to go back to 1806. And you have to understand in 1806, um, you know, today we, we send out missionaries around the world. And we've got even some of our young people here from Hope that are serving Christ around the world. Back in 1806, this is going to sound crazy, but here in the United States, we were not sending out foreign missionaries. There were no mission-sending organizations back in 1806. What we did have in 1806 is we had five college students who were committed to praying twice a week for a move of God. And on a, a balmy, hot August Saturday in Massachusetts, my wife, I don't know if you've been in Massachusetts on a hot, hot, balmy August day, the humidity, maybe you've experienced that here, the heat. Yeah, it's kind of like Philly. One of those hot August, balmy days. Five students were meeting together at Williams College in Massachusetts, under a maple tree in a field to pray and to discuss a, a missions manifesto written by a famous British missionary named William Carey. And in the middle of their, their meeting, that hot, balmy August weather turned into a torrential rainstorm. So the five students took off. They fled. It was heavy rain, strong winds. And they took refuge in a nearby haystack. Crazy, right? So here are five students in a haystack. They began to pray for God to move. And the Holy Spirit came and he stirred something in their heart. And God gave them a, a conviction and a passion to reach the world for Jesus Christ. One of the students, Samuel Mills, as they felt the call of God on their lives to do something, to reach this world for Christ, to see, to see a move of God in their generation, one of, the, one of the students, Samuel Mills, said, if we can, we will. 
If we give ourselves to this, we will. If we can, we will. And from that haystack prayer meeting, the very first missionaries were sent out from the United States. From those five students and that haystack prayer meeting, the very first foreign missions organizations were founded. It became a springboard for the modern missions movement here in America. And you can go to that place where those five students prayed, where the haystack was, and today stands a monument to mark that historic moment. And at the top of the monument it reads, the field is the world. And underneath that it says, the birthplace of the American Foreign Missions Movement, 1806. How did it start? Five college students, a haystack, and a prayer meeting. What could God do with us? What could, we, what could he do in our lives and in our house? What breakthroughs would you experience in your own heart, in your own life, if you lingered in places of prayer? In 2019, what would we say? We can do this, if we will. You know, I should say we can do this if God wills. But when you know what God wills, it's a matter of saying we can do this if we will, if we will be courageous, if we will be bold, if we will give ourselves to this, we will. What would we, what would we say yes to in 2019 if we only pray? See, I, I know one thing, whatever that is that God has in store for us, we'll never know unless we pray. Apart from prayer, we as a church will not, we will not go to the places that God wants us to go. Would we be a church that prays? So I want to close our time and just pray. And um, invite our, our worship team to come up. I think what, what God is, is just inviting us to do is just to pause here. Would we be a people of prayer? I just want to ask you to take a couple of minutes, maybe one minute. Maybe we can handle a minute here of just quiet, reflection. I want to ask you to begin to, to bring the real you before the real God. And to ask for a breakthrough in your life.
Begin to ask for a move of God in your own heart. God, would you move in our hearts today? Would you ask God to move in our church? God, your kingdom come. Your will be done. on earth as it is in heaven. Break down the walls, God. Yes, Lord. Jeremiah, God says, call to me. I'll show you great and awesome things that you do not know. God, we call to you today. Give us a vision. For who we could be if we would be completely surrendered. In the Old Testament, we see this picture that fire falls on sacrifice. So as we surrender our lives to you, God, would your fire fall? Break through our pride, God. Break through our walls. And move in our hearts and in our lives. Move in our churches. Move in our neighborhoods. For those who are lost and hurting, God, come and do a work of restoration in our hearts and in our souls. Thank you that, you're lo- that you love us and your love never fails. It's higher than heaven. It's deeper than the darkest pit. It is, it's wider than the widest ocean. We receive your love. We embrace the forgiveness that, we ha- that you have for us, God. If, for anyone who's here today and has never said yes to Jesus, this is a moment for you. You may not have this moment tomorrow or the next day, but today it's a moment for you to say, I surrender my life to you. I give it all to you. I want to be a part of what you're doing, and I want you to be a part of what I'm doing. God, come fill my life right now in Jesus' name. stand together. God, thank you for the ministry that you just did in our hearts, for the gifts that you've been giving us, the love you have for us. Would we commit ourselves today to your will, to the cause of Jesus Christ? Would we be a church that prays? We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.